Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Give me eyes to see when my heart is blind. That when I ask you, give. That when I seek, I'll find Give me ears to hear When my way is confused Let the uncertain road Still lead me back to you Oh Oh All I ask All I seek Is you
Well, good evening. Uh, thank you for joining us again at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, my name is David Murray. This is Zeal for Your House. I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Uh, Dorothy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's hot where you too are, quiet, but <laughs> Yes, and, it, and, and humid. it's hot and humid. Supposed to be better tomorrow, though, not less humid. Still hot, but less humid tomorrow. Supposedly. Yeah, well, we were just talking about before we got on uh, the air how I, I used to not feel the humidity as much, and I'm getting older, I'm feeling it. And one of the things the Lord began convicting me of is you start speaking over yourself um, that you have the vigor of your youth and uh, that you have the, you know, the energy and the stamina that you had in your youth. And I said, well, Lord, you know, I know we're supposed to all walk in in health and, and life, but, you know, can you give me some scriptures? And he said, yeah, how about where, um, how about when Joshua had taken the, the, the land and Caleb at the end of his life, who I think was 120 or 80, I forget, and he said, I'm as, I'm as bigger now and I'm able now as I was when I first came up out of here 40 years ago. Um, and I said, well, well, that's good for me. So um, I didn't get a chance to share that with you, Dorothy. But So I began speaking that uh, over myself. And um, I'll let you know when I begin I seeing will the do that. me less. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I'm going to get some other scriptures as the Lord gives me some more. I know he's going to. But, um, so, but in the meantime, I hear you. It's been a hot one. And humid. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about, um, we're continuing on, uh, for lack of a better term, we've been talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, a series that um, that uh, we're going to be doing uh, last time we spoke. We talked about um, uh, gifts of the Spirit moving in word of knowledge, and today we're going to be talking about word of wisdom. Um, so, you know, we're going to get into the introduction with that. Before I do... Um, I've been getting uh, some emails. Uh, people have been asking me, or is any of this material available online? Um, I do have a blog, dwmurray.com. This uh, material here on the Gifts of the Spirit series is not yet up on the blog, um, but um, I hope to have a section coming um, as soon as I can where it talks more about um, the functions and, and the ministries and the areas of service that we're all gift, all the different gifts in the body of Christ um, and peeling back some of the traditions and the errors of some things that we've taken on and, and really just look at things as the body of Christ infused in this world and the different gifts and callings and functions that we all have. So I hope to have that up on, on the, on the blog and in the next couple of months, um, we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, there's a lot of other material that really is foundational material that is on there, and it's, it talks about our identity. Um, and having said that, I'll be reiterating this, as I always do with the broken record, identity, our worth, who we are as children of God, comes from the fact that we've been made holy and blameless in the sight of our Heavenly Father. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in Christ we might become the righteousness of God. Colossians 1.21 says, You who were once alienated and enemies in your mind because of your uh, wicked behavior, yet now he has reconciled you in the body through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Um, and there's a bunch of, you know, Hebrews 10.10, we've been sanctified, past tense. Ephesians 1, six. we have been made, past tense, accepted in the beloved. Um, well, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, I think it's 11, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
by the spirit of our God, past tense. So the reason why I'm sharing this is because if ever we begin to seek moving in gifts, seek moving and, ex- and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us to try to validate our self-worth, um, we begin moving into idolatry. Um, and God is very limited in how much he can flow through us if our, the motives of our heart are, try to, um, are running contrary to the word of God. Um, we've been given the mind of Christ. So anything that we're doing, our thinking, our beliefs, our thoughts, our actions that are contrary to what God's word says about us means we're still drawing from the carnal-minded man that we died to. So um, that's very important because our Heavenly Father longs to commune with us. He longs for fellowship and intimacy with us. And for us to to grasp the fullness of kingdom living and kingdom life and literally walking with him and perceiving the reality of the spirit realm, perceiving the reality of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and through the communion in us, perceiving the reality of the spirit realm around us, um, we must aggressively take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to believe what he says and to think what he thinks. That starts with agreement in his word. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5 talks about that, taking every thought captive. So having said that, and with that understanding, I'd like to get into word of wisdom. Gifts do not validate our worth. Gifts have nothing to do with our self-worth. They're expressions of the kingdom. They're expressions of God's love. They're expressions of him wanting to move in us and through us and to be ministered to by others who walk in that same mindset with the love of God flowing through us. Everything must be, must be seen through that backdrop, that, that we are the righteousness of Christ and that we are loved and uh, that he desires intimacy with us. So what we're going to talk about today, um, introduction, um, what is word of wisdom and how do we flow with it? Real basic, real simple. Um, I'm going to keep this um, study very simple because it doesn't need to be difficult. It's not meant to be. Um, the gifts, um, as I've heard them taught over the years, have been very mysterious and difficult and, and reserved for the mature, um, uh, reserved for the elite, reserved for certain people. And, um, and that's just not the case. We call them gifts because the Bible says they're gifts, but what they are, really, if we look into the Word of God, it says there's many gifts but the same spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit is in us, and he will manifest himself through us as we allow him, as we yield to him, and as we, we develop our relationship with him. And expressions of his love is a gift. Every way that, that our Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit expresses the mind, the will, the intentions of Father God from his throne room is a gift to us. It's a gift of his goodness. So, you know, we need to make sure we're not looking at the gift of something independent from intimacy and union with the Holy Spirit. It's an expression of him, and that expression is a gift. So, you know, if someone says, well, I have the gift of word of wisdom, well, you, know, you, you move in wisdom, in the word of wisdom, perhaps, and that is a gift. But if we, we need to um, stop looking at something independent from our relationship. And as we do that, we begin to embrace him as we keep our eyes on Christ and, and seek to walk out in greater union and communion with him. His kingdom will flow more and more through us, and those gifts of his kingdom 
will manifest more freely. Um, so uh, the purpose of study, getting to the introduction, the purpose of study is application. We can talk about things all day long. Um, that's theology. We get into the word. We make sure it's biblically sound. We're discussing theology. The purpose of theology is application. We're not meant to live intellectually in theology. We are meant, the word of God is a safety net. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us moving by the Holy Spirit, not by counterfeits. It, it, it is our, our anchor so that we can walk out in union with him in the ways that he wants to speak to us, commune with us, and, and speak and commune with others. So the purpose of study is application. 1 Corinthians 12.8 says, For to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So last week we talked about word of knowledge. We'll talk about word of wisdom. Um, let's go over very quickly some ground rules. Uh, this will be a repeat of the last message, but it's, it's absolutely worth uh, repeating. Gifts are not infallible. The Holy Spirit is, but the Holy Spirit is working through imperfect vessels. And the reason why we're imperfect vessels is because we are walking in various degrees with the mind of Christ. In the areas that we are not walking in agreement with his word, with his feelings, with his thinkings, we're walking by the carnal mind, we have the potential and will pollute to a degree the purity of the Holy Spirit moving through the earthen vessel. So the Holy Spirit is infallible, the Word of God is infallible, the gifts are not. Um, gifts are not universal law, meaning they are specific to that particular situation. When the Lord speaks to us about something, we do not take the Word of God and make it twisted around our experiences. Our experiences will never contradict the Word of God, and those experiences, those interactions are particular for that moment in time, that unique situation. Point number three, gifts do not overrule the word of God. Uh, I mentioned that just a moment ago. It, it, that's is a standalone, its own point. One, they're not infallible. They're not universal law. They do not overrule the word of God. And number four, they're to be judged. We do not judge people. We judge actions and words and align them up to the word of God. Okay, we don't judge people. We do judge actions. We do judge fruit. We are to discern, to thoroughly divide, to judge, to thoroughly separate, to, to pronounce a, a sentencing of whether something is of the kingdom or whether or not of the kingdom. We do not point fingers at each other in the body of Christ, nor are we to point fingers at the lost. We're to win the lost. So um, that's a little bit of the introduction there, some ground rules that I like to call them. So what is um, word of wisdom exactly? Again, different people will describe them in different ways, different studies, different teachings. The, the purpose of study is application. The more that we're just flowing with the Lord, we have less and less interest on whether something is called prophecy, discernment of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. It, it doesn't matter. We just recognize God speaking to us, and we're obedient to do what he's telling us to do or to not do what he's telling us not to do. Um, but for the purpose of this study, we're going to be saying that uh, last week we said word of knowledge was divine insight. It was hidden truths revealed. Word of wisdom is hidden direction or course of action revealed. So word of knowledge is, is, is insight that is revealed. 
information that's revealed, hidden information. Word of wisdom is hidden direction, hidden course of action revealed. This is not the same as walking in wisdom by, uh, by applying godly principles in scriptures. Okay, that those are two totally separate things. We are meant to move by scriptural, biblical wisdom at all times. Um, this, a word of wisdom, is a specific course of action by the mind of Christ for a specific situation in a specific time, place, and toward or toward a person. Okay? Um, that's important because, well, we'll get into that. We'll talk more about that. But for, just for the immediate um, distinction, we're not talking about moving by biblical wisdom. Okay, we're talking about when the Holy Spirit gives us a specific course of action for a specific situation. So here's how this works a little bit. Let me piece some of these things together. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, there's basically four revelation gifts talking about. We're going to discuss all these in the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, and discernment of spirits. A lot of times those all work together. They're known as the revelation or insight gifts because they, are, they reveal things that are going on that are unseen. Okay, it's, it's opening up the spirit realm to us. And when I was going back before saying we get less and less interested on in the names, is because the more that we commune and we just spend time with the Lord, the realm of the spirit begins to open up more and more to the point where we should just be walking in open communion with him. So we're not meant to step into a gift and step out of a gift. Um, tradition has taught that, and there have been times when because God wants to minister so much to the body of Christ, he's faithful, that when a person would get to stand up and speak or preach or teach or evangelize, the gifts would manifest in order to minister to the, um, the recipients, the audience, for back, lack of a better word. Um, but then that vessel, once they got done with that, they went back into their carnal self and, and the giftings would lift and that, that, that ministering period is over. That's not the way our communion, our walk with the Lord is meant to be. We're meant to walk our life with him 24-7. I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about striving. I'm talking about the greatest gift of the cross is continual intimacy with the presence of God. It's continual immersion in the realm of the spirit, where the realm of the spirit is more real than this realm. Now, for those of you that are saying or might be thinking, well, you know, I know some people that claim to walk in the spirit, and, you know, there's this expression, we're so spiritually minded, we're no earthly good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Jesus is a perfect example. Jesus walked perfectly in communion. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. Under the inspiration, under the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit, he walked in constant communion, constant discernment, constant, the, the spirit realm was constantly open before him. Jesus was the perfect example of how we are meant to walk. Jesus was the most earthly good out of anyone who ever walked the earth. Jesus was not a flake. Jesus was not delusional. Jesus was not weird. So as we grow in our walk with God, we won't become more weird. We will become 
in the circle of people that know us, the most wisest, the most grounded, the most um, uh, understanding, the most compassionate, the most generous, the most giving, the most discerning people that they will ever know. That's the way a child of God is meant to walk on this earth. So if we see people that are walking around that are just weird, the chances are it's the fracturing, the hurts that are in their soul have not been dealt with, and they're attempting to move by the Spirit of God, and it's mingling so much against their wounds and hurts in the carnal mind that it comes out as a mess. And what happens in the body of Christ is that we hide behind our wounds. We hide away from our wounds under the guise of spirituality. And we just become weird. And that's not what we're called to. We're not called to be weird, broken, wounded vessels that hide behind our Christian walk. We're called to walk in perfect peace, perfect love, perfect communion, under what some people would refer to as an open heaven, where we're constantly engaged in the realm of our Heavenly Father, where it says we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. And from that position of authority, we carry out what we see the Father doing from his throne room, and that's how we minister. Now, when I go out throughout my day, well, first of all, I'm no one's example. The Lord's got his hands full with me. But when we go out about our day, I don't stop and ask the Lord, um, to be, Lord, give me someone to minister to. I just go about my day just in communion, just awareness of his love, just awareness of his presence, awareness of um, the kingdom around me and in me. And as I just go about my day, going to the store, gassing up, going to work, whatever I'm doing, because I'm aware of my Father's kingdom, because I'm aware that I'm a child of God, that I'm loved, I'm accepted, my self-worth is forever secure, the, 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 I will just yield uh, when, I'm, when I'm grounded like that. I will just yield to the, what the Spirit of God wants to do, um, which is why sometimes when I'm tired or exhausted, I don't want to go out because um, – I, I know I'm going to interact with people and sometimes I need to detox and I got to get away a little bit. And, and that's, that's a result of my spiritual immaturity. Um, but I'm, I'm being open. I'm being transparent. There are times when I'll tell my wife, Maya, I, I, I can't go to the mall today. You know, or I can't be around people today. Or I got to pull my hat low and put my sunglasses on because I just need to get refreshed with the Lord. And, and um, I feel like I, if, you know, I may just struggle with some of the things I'm going to see because when our hearts are positioned and open for the Lord, before him, we just see what the Lord sees. It's meant to be our normal walk, guys. There's nothing weird about it. But if we are attempting to validate our identity, our self-worth, if we think that moving in gifts is an endorsement of how much God loves us or how special we are or that other people will come to us or, or respect us or value us, that is idolatry. That's witchcraft. That gets us into all sorts of trouble, and it makes us weird. Um, so, again, everything goes back to our foundation, who we are as children of God. We're loved completely. So if we don't feel that, we begin to go before the Lord. Lord, give me a revelation of the reality of your love. Um, show me the areas where I have held on to wounds and hurts that have prevented me from grasping, accepting your love. Because remember, the soul is the gatekeeper. We are spirit beings. We have a mind, will, and emotions. 
and we have a body. Our soul is the gatekeeper. When the spirit of God speaks to us, our spirit comes down into our soul, and our soul either receives it and yields and directs the body what to do, or it kicks it out and rejects it. And so a lot of times the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Our, our inner man, our spirit man, has the revelation, has the understanding, has the, the mind of God from the throne room, but our soul either kicks it out, rejects it, or we yield to a degree, pass it through our own understanding, and we pollute it. And it just doesn't need to be that way, and we're going to get into that. So um, – Word of knowledge is hidden information that's revealed. Word of vision is the application. It's, it's what is the next step um, of, of how, to, uh, how to carry out what God wants to do. John 4, 16, I'm going to give you some examples, and then I'm going to give you some examples in, in my own walk um, to flesh this out a little bit more. John 4, 4 16. This is, a, this is one of my favorite. Jesus said to her, he's talking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him and said, I have no husband. Now, in the scripture verse, in the context there, Jesus says, you are right in saying you have no husband. So here's what I want us to notice, okay? Jesus already knew she had no husband. That's word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit revealed to Jesus, this woman has no husband. This woman is living with someone that's not their husband. I'm not going to get into that whole other study. Someone says she's caught in adultery. Uh, uh, there's all sorts of Jewish cultures that, that it doesn't matter. I'm not getting into that. Okay, the, Jesus knew she was living with a man that was not her husband. He said, you are right in saying you have no husband. So where is the word of wisdom here? The word of wisdom is seen in how Jesus responded to the fact that he knew the woman was living with another man that was not her husband. Jesus said, verse 16, go call your husband and come back. But Jesus already knew she had no husband. The word of wisdom here was the Holy Spirit gave Jesus exactly the words and the understanding of how to entreat that woman. He could have said, hey, I know you're living with a man that's not your husband, right? He could have gotten the word of knowledge and spoken out in his own understanding. He did not say that. Jesus had very deliberate words. Those words were meant to entreat that woman. So he had the word of knowledge and then spoke a certain way that was by the leading of the Holy Spirit in how to minister and entreat that woman. That's an example of word of wisdom. Okay. Genesis 41.33, we see that Joseph not only interpreted the dream that Pharaoh had, but he also came up with a plan to save the people from the coming famine. Now, the interpretation of the dream, right, the dream itself was a prophetic dream. It was hidden events yet to come, word of prophecy. The dream was a prophetic word. The interpretation of the dream was word of knowledge. It was divine insight. Joseph understood the hidden meaning of the dream, word of knowledge. The application of what needed to be done, the divine course of action, was word of wisdom. Joseph could have said many things. He had a specific course of action laid out by the leading of the Holy Spirit and what to do with the word of knowledge he got about that prophetic dream. 
the, the course of action is word of wisdom. It was divine understanding of the course of action to take. Give you one more example. And the scriptures, again, are just loaded with them. As we begin to step back and just read and understand how much the Holy Spirit is constantly involved, um, it just things just continue to open up to us. It's really exciting. Luke 20, 22. Um, okay, the, the teachers, teachers of the law and the Pharisees. Okay. So the Pharisees... Pharisees now sent spies to pretend to be righteous that they might seize on Jesus' words in order to deliver him to the power and authority of the governor. So the Pharisees were trying to get Jesus arrested to trip him up. Uh, They asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that what you say and teach is right, and you do not show personal the ways of God and truth. Okay, so they're setting him up. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Verse 23, but he, Jesus, perceived their craftiness. The word perceived means to have an understanding, a knowing, to literally see. Craftiness means shrewdness or cunning, right? Jesus perceived their um, deception and said to them, why do you test me? Show me a denarius and whose image and inscription does it have? So Jesus had the word of knowledge. He understood what was going on. Hidden information revealed. He saw, perceived, as translated not just to understand, but to literally see. He saw into the spirit and understood what they were doing, the hidden motives of the heart, word of knowledge. He had understanding that was hidden. The word of wisdom was how to handle that situation. What was the course of action? Okay? His word of wisdom. Show me a denarius, and who Im, whose image and inscription does it have? And they said, Caesar's. And he said to them, as we all know the passage, render therefore to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. That is a word of wisdom for that situation. Okay? So, um, gone over introduction a little bit, and now recognizing the scriptures, understanding what it is. Now to the real fun part is how do we flow in it? Okay, how do we flow? How do we yield to this? How do we, how do we flow in word of wisdom? How do we recognize it? How do we move in it? How do we allow God to move to us? Four points we're going to go over. One is never assume. Number two is wait on the Lord. Number three is step out. And number four is to never overlay. Okay, these are four basic ways in how we flow and how we guard and how we hone uh, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit when he wants to move through us. So number one, never assume. When we get an impression from the Lord, we do not read into it. So said another way, do not attempt to think it out or resolve it. This is what I will usually refer to, and, and I've, I've heard other people talk about, never pass it through your understanding. Okay, we have the mind of Christ we move by the spirit man getting revelation. We never pass it through our soul. Our soul is meant to get revelation as it's fed revelation from the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit man. Okay, so we never try to pass it through our own, our soulish understanding, the natural mind. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways yield, acknowledge, turn to, the Hebrew word, the Lord. And then he will make your path straight. It's a that is just a wonderful scripture of how to yield and move and flow by the Holy Spirit, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
we'll be very tempted in the beginning when we get a word of knowledge, meaning something hidden, we get an impression. We talked about how it could be a word, it could be a picture, it could be a dream. Many of us get words of knowledge all the time in our dreams. We don't, we, we, we let the words fall to the ground. We dismiss them. We've been taught that, you know, we don't dream or that we need to be something spiritual or we need to be a prophet to dream or, or we need to be something, you know, a leading of a, of, uh, of a ministry. That's all garbage, guys. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. He speaks to every one of us. He's not a respecter of person. Man is. Man respects titles and positions, and that's why we throw around titles in the body of Christ, unfortunately. But that's not so with the Lord. He's no respecter of persons. You know, um, we, we do that, and, and we do that to great damage to the lost and to each other. So where, however we get an understanding and insight when we get something, then the, the first thing we do is we do not go ahead in our natural thinking. We do not begin to reason it out. Now, in fellowship, a lot of times, word of knowledge, when we're getting together in the fellowship that I'm a part of, um, you know, often word of knowledge comes up either through a vision or through um, just a word, a literal word. Someone will get just dropped into them, a word, a scripture, or a paragraph of, of information towards some person or toward what's going on as we're seeking Christ. These are natural manifestations of the Holy Spirit among us. This is normal church fellowship that's meant to be. Um, we're not super, you know, elite. Um, our fellowship is just seeking Christ. And the, the Bible says as we get together, these different ways the Holy Spirit wants to move will move. So sometimes when that happens, we will begin to, we, we attempt the process of not passing through understanding, but we just toss out ideas. Well, is that of the Lord? Is that the Holy Spirit? And we throw it out and we just lay loose. And what will happen is because every one of us in the body of Christ has the Holy Spirit, when we hear the Holy Spirit, it will bear witness to us. That's why one of the most abusive teachings that's come out is that if anyone is a prophet or whatever speaks over you, it has to be confirmation of what you already know. That's a lie. That is just false teaching. The word does not say that. It says when two or three of you prophesy, let the others judge. The reason why we can judge the word, not the person, the word, is because in the New Testament we all have the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking through one other person, it's right, it's many giftings, one spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking through another person is also inside of you. So the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to himself. And we will perceive that in our spirit because the Holy Spirit is speaking through our spirit. So many times right, we'll get together or we'll say, well, this person had this, got that, this word of wisdom or, or this, you know, insight or this dream, why didn't I? Well, for starters, what we need to recognize is that if someone shares something and it bears witness to your spirit, not your mind, right? And that's a practice. As we yield to the word of God, as we learn to quiet down, there's a difference between something in our head and when something rises up inside our spirit, man, right? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So whether someone else spoke the word or the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Yes, I just said that. That's me. He's speaking to you. So that should be very encouraging for us. You know, we are hearing the Holy Spirit speak through someone else, and then he's inside of us at the same time saying, yep, I just said that. 
I just said that through that person. That's him speaking to you. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, so but the first thing we do is we never pass it through our understanding. We just sit on it. We, we, we let it turn. We mull it over. Um, in, in a fel- this is one of the reasons why, guys, fellowship is so important. It's not works. It's not law. It's a blessing. It's a gift. Okay, I was out of church fellowship um, for 20 years. And during that time was a very, very lonely time in my life. I was out on the backside of the wilderness for decades. And I would meet with a Christian here or there. I would bring some to the Lord and begin discipling them. And so I would have opportunities to fellowship. But to get together with a few believers and to really seek Christ in unity and truth. When, when I began doing that just a few years ago, when I finally, the Lord opened things up and, and, and I was able to be part of a fellowship, it's been, I just, I can't express it. It's, it's the greatest gift of my spiritual walk that I've been able to partake of is, is having the body of Christ ministered through and to me and also me being able to minister to, to each other. Um, fellowship is not about works. That's why I encourage everyone, if you can find one person that will just come together and that you can get to know each other and then pray and spend some time, even if you just share a meal together and then say, okay, let's commit to 15 minutes of just praying together. Um, the Holy Spirit will flow and move in such ways and, and um, we're not meant to be isolated. For many of us, we are, and that's not condemnation. What I'm encouraging us is if you can, Try to find someone who will be willing to get together with you because it's a gift. It will bless you, not because his works or God does not approve of you or because he's upset with you. Okay, let's that, – that dead horse has been rotten for many years in the body of Christ. Enough of that nonsense, you know, the law, taking things out of context. Anyway, um, here's an example of when we get a word of knowledge – because right? we're going to tie in word of knowledge and word of wisdom here. We get a word of knowledge, meaning a hidden insight, without a word of wisdom. That's why we wait for a word of wisdom, course of action, word of wisdom. Uh, first example, David goes to the prophet Nathan at some point. when He, he goes to him basically says in, in, in 2 Samuel 7, he says, well, here I am living in a palace, and, and the temple of the, the Lord, uh, the Holy of Holies, is in a tent. It's been going around the desert for 40 years. It's now been settled in um, for 50, 60 years here. Um, not longer than that. You have the judges, another 400 years of the judges. So we had the, the, the Ark of the Covenant has been out 800 years in a tent while I sit in the palace. And he went to Nathan and he said, I want to build a temple for the Lord. The Lord deserves a temple. And Nathan replied to the king, 2, king, uh, 2 Samuel 7, says, Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. Okay, now here's what's important to understand. Nathan was perceiving what is not visible in the natural realm. Many times what goes on in the spirit will eventually flush out into the natural but what we see by the Spirit of God is spiritual discernment. Nathan the prophet was seeing the favor of God, perceiving the favor of God. He was seeing what was hidden. What was hidden 
is that David had divine favor with the Lord. And you say, well, he was king and he was rich. And we don't look to the things in the natural to determine what's going on in the spirit realm. That's how we, we, we don't look to the natural. The natural many times will flesh out, flush out what's going on in the spirit, but not always. There were many kings in the Bible that were rich. They weren't godly kings. Um, so we don't look at that. We don't look to a person to, to look at and see what's going on in their life. We're not meant to judge them anyway, but we look to the spirit realm. We develop our spiritual senses. So Nathan was seeing into the spirit, was recognizing he had a word of knowledge. He had understanding in the spirit realm that David had divine favor. Here's an example of proper application of word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is specific direction. Nathan did not have specific direction. Nathan understood that David had the favor of the Lord. That's word of knowledge. Nathan then went ahead and gave David an answer that was not based upon divine direction. He says, go ahead and do whatever you want to do because the Lord is with you. But then later on that night, the Lord goes to Nathan and speaks to Nathan about David and then gives Nathan the word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom was, tell David, no, you've got too much blood on your hands. You are not to build a temple for me. Your son will do it. Begin making preparations for your son to bring it to pass. I just think that's so cool. You know, Nathan didn't mess up so much as he just, he just spoke what he saw. But then he was open before the Lord, and then he actually got the word of wisdom, which was 180 degrees uh, opposite direction. So when we have a word of knowledge, we have insight, one of the things we need to do is, one, we never assume. And the second, we wait on the Lord. Point number two. As spirit-filled children of God, we possess the mind of Christ in our spirit man. So we turn to our spirit. We turn to our communion time with the Lord. We get our eyes on Jesus. We spend time in his presence. And if he wants to give us the insight, the revelation on the application, we're giving him the opportunity to do that. And I'll give you an example. Um, I, I was meeting, um, meeting a couple of friends uh, one day and um, we were supposed to meet somewhere. And as we were meeting at a certain place, we went together together. And I was, I was moving from my car, walking toward them. They were walking from another direction from, from where they were coming from and walking toward me. And now when I began walking toward them, instantly in my spirit, um, I got a word of knowledge. It wasn't a paragraph. It wasn't a vision. Um, it, it wasn't a dream. I didn't have it ahead of time. Right in that spot, it was a spiritual intuition. I knew that they were in adultery. Just do it. I knew this, 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 these born-again friends, uh, man and woman, I knew they were in adultery. So as I, I, I walk closer to them, now I'm feverishly asking the Lord, Lord, what do I, you know, what do I do? Uh, do I speak? Do I address this? Uh, when I was younger in the Lord, I would have probably pulled one of them aside and spoken without direction, without word of wisdom, and just shared. It would have been disastrous. The Lord told me, you keep your mouth shut. And he began speaking to me of how I am to pray for them 
the hurt. She began giving me more word of knowledge, showed me the hurt, the pain on this one individual that was in adultery with this other person and began giving me insight and then began saying, here's how you're going to pray. Here's how you're going to begin lifting them up in prayer. Here's how you begin breaking this um, assignment of destruction over both of their lives. Um, So that was the word of wisdom for that specific situation. Um, And so that's what I began doing. I began praying all of that. And then as, as time passed, I saw the breakthrough. I saw the restoration. I saw the healing that took place. Um, and one of the reasons is because I was faithful. God was able to show me something hidden. I went to him for direction. He gave me direction. I was able to then carry out his heart, his mind, his will, his intentions for these children of his. So we need to take time to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, we get quiet. We meditate on his goodness. Begin to picture his throne room. Um, what I've begun doing um, is, is surrounding myself with scriptures that talk about, that mention Jesus on the throne. And I just read them over and over. I meditate on them. I begin to form a framework in my mind. I begin to see and picture him in my mind. And then I just get quiet and I just meditate on him. Um, we have spiritual senses just like we have physical senses. When we have a vision or when the, the people talk about in the Bible that they had a vision, they were not seeing with their physical eyes. They're seeing with the spirit realm with their spiritual eyes. We have five physical senses at least, just like we have, uh, we have five spiritual senses, just like we have five physical senses. And as we meditate on the things of the kingdom, we are yielding to him. We are opening ourselves up to him to speak to us on whenever he wants to speak to us on. Um, it was it was only not long ago. It's it's funny. I was I was praying for someone. Um, someone asked me to pray for them about a certain situation. They were they were sick, and so I, I went before the Lord. I began to lift them up in prayer, and I began to um, intercede on their behalf for their healing. And I stopped, and the Lord says, "Do you trust me?" And I said, "Yes, Lord, absolutely, I trust you." And He said, "Then then spend time with me." So I I just I spent time before the Lord. I let go of my agenda. I went into his presence, just rest with him. And he spoke to me on someone completely different. Began giving me word of knowledge about someone who I hadn't even thought about in months. And went to bed that night, praying for that person the Lord gave me word of knowledge on. Went to bed, had a dream. And in the dream, he gave me the specific course of action of how to pray and intercede for that person. Now, if I had gone in with my agenda, with my um, assumptions, if I didn't wait on the Lord, I would have missed that opportunity to to be used of the Lord to to minister to that person and intercede for that person. So number one, we never assume, never pass through understanding, never assume. Um, And number two is is we, we wait on the Lord. We wait to get further direction to see if he wants to speak to us on a specific situation. Uh, let's step back for just one minute. The Holy Spirit will never violate his word. I, I just want to make that, that clear. I want to do a reminder of that. He will never tell us to do something that is in violation to his word. He will do things that may seem to be in violation of natural wisdom. Right? But he'll never violate his word. If, if I'm walking past someone 
I, I was walking past a stranger on the side of the street, and the Lord stopped me. He says, I want you to give this person, I want you to write a check to this person. Well, no, in this particular situation, I knew this person. That's not true. That's not accurate. It was someone that I knew. Um, and as I was going to them, the Lord says, you're to write out a check and bless them for this amount. Now, as it turns out, it was my entire paycheck, entire paycheck. It kind of blows the whole thing of tithes out the window, right? How we give God a tenth under the old covenant. In the new covenant, scriptures say we are slaves to Christ. Everything of ours is his, and everything in the kingdom is ours. He who spared not his own son, how shall he not freely in Christ also give us all things? So just, I'm not getting sidetracked on tithes, but just to kind of crack that open a little bit, tithes is law. Tithes to give a tenth. Um, and actually, the tithes in the Old Testament talked about there were three tithes. So if we're really going to stick to tithes, we really need to give 30%. That's worth doing a study on. Um, if we're going to kind of sidestep Galatians that says if we have to obey one law, we need to obey them all. But, um, and the reason why I'm sharing that is not to get sidetracked, guys. It's to understand we've got to let go of everything. Not let go of the word. Let go of our own assumptions and just let God be. Natural wisdom would say, David, you're not going to have bills. And it did speak to me. The natural mind spoke to me real hard. David, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. You, gave, you just gave away a quarter of your monthly income to this person who probably has more than you. Why on earth would you do that? Right? So a natural that may seem to violate the natural principles of stewardship, but the Bible says to give generously. The Bible, and we can load up a ton of other scriptures that talk about um, giving. Right, so um, it may violate natural wisdom. It will not violate the word of God. The Bible says to be the 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 lender and not the borrower. Um, you know, to be the giver. You know, this, we won't get sidetracked. Anyway, the point is that when the Lord gives us direction, He many times will give us direction that to our natural mind, not our spirit, man, may seem like it's not wisdom. Um, and that's why we take our time, we surround ourselves with other people, we bounce things off of other people, um, we, we are circumspect. There's no rush or panic in the kingdom. If we feel panicked or rushed to do something, we're not moving by the mind of God because God is never late, he's never last minute, he's very well organized, and he knows how long it takes for him to speak to us until we pick up on what he's saying. He knows how far back he has to start speaking to us to get our attention so that we move and flow in his perfect timing. He's, he, he's never late to the party, and he's not panicked. So we can just rest. We just rest in that. As we examine our hearts, see if we're willing, uh, if it's a challenging word that we're meant to give, if, it's, if it challenges our comfort zones, Whatever it is, uh, seek other people out, tease that out. Again, that's why fellowship is such a blessing. Um, it's just, it's honed me in so many ways. Um, in addition to, in his faithfulness, he's honed me in other ways, one-on-one or just with me and my wife. But with the fellowship, it's just, it's just such a blessing. Um, so if you can't find one, you want to reach out to me, uh, let me know. And, and I know some people that have a good network of home fellowships in the area or believers in the area that could, that could, that could fellowship with you. Anyway, so number one is never assume. Number two is wait on the Lord. Number three is when we've taken our time with this, we've examined it, we've made sure we're walking by the mind of Christ, 
we've we've bounced this off of other people, especially in the beginning as we're growing in this, right? Growing in it. Next is to step out. Um, at this point, you will have been deliberate. You'll have prayed. You've got quiet. You'll ask for counsel. In faith, trusting the Holy Spirit, you step out. Um, there was one time, I'll give another example of word of knowledge and word of wisdom, how they, they operate. Um, I was uh, I was a youth pastor in my early 20s. I, I, uh, I stepped into a position to speak and teach on the mind of Christ to junior high and high school uh, young adults and, and college and a little bit to, to some college people. And um, at some point, um, I was going to talk to a man. as a new person that was uh, in the church, was only there uh, a few months, and a very nice guy, a very nice guy. But the Lord began putting him on my heart by going to how the Lord is never late, right? He just, I just, there was something about it. It kept coming up in my heart, so I kept meditating on it, kept praying in the Spirit, kept getting quiet. I was making myself available if the Holy Spirit wanted to give me any more information. And then one day, I walked up to this person um, after fellowship, and the second I walked up to him, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, he's spreading lies about you and gossip and slandering you. And the enemy is able to use his hurts and his wounds to try to attempt to get you thrown out of this fellowship. Now, that's word of knowledge. I did not have a course of action. One of the main things that trips us up in the body of Christ is that we make assumptions. Um, we, you know, we're getting into the next part. We overlay. We, we begin to add or deviate. But when we get a word of knowledge, we need to be deliberate with that information. We're being given something. We have to steward that word very wisely. We have to be faithful to what the Lord is sharing upon us. The Lord was not angry with that man. That man was hurting and wounded. And as I went back and I began praying for direction, the Lord began showing me his wounds and his hurts and why he was so given over to a spirit of gossip and slander. And once again, the Lord gave me specific direction on what to do, what to pray, what to proclaim over his life, what areas to speak deliverance over his life, what spirits to bind up that have had him bound. Um, and I went on to see that person be set free and delivered from a lot of those things. Right? And that's scriptural. The scriptures say to bless those who curse you. Right? This man was a child of God. He was. He was a believer. He was. And um, we need to adopt that attitude, the heart of God. You know, we're not enemies to each other. There's one enemy, Satan. There's no other enemy. We only have one enemy, and that is Satan. The rest of us, if we're not in his army, are prisoners of war. That's it. We don't shoot prisoners of war. We're called to rescue them. So um, another example was um, sometime later in this fellowship, um, during this time, I was there for, for a couple of years, and uh, a person came into the fellowship and very quickly was given a position of teaching and leadership. And, um, you know, I had my hands full, uh, you know, being a, a youth leader, um, teaching on these things. And, and, you know, I was landscaping, I had a small landscaping business at the time. I was in my, my early 20s. Um, so I didn't pay much mind, you know, I didn't think it was very wise that, that this person came out of nowhere and came into a position of teaching so quickly. I just put it on my mind. But again, as the weeks passed, as the months passed, the Lord began, I just, his, this person's name 
this person's face kept coming before me. So I said, okay, Lord, you're trying to talk to me. Okay, let me just go before you. Okay, Lord, I open up my spirit to you. Uh, I'm, I'm posturing myself to receive. Now I'm going to spend time meditating on you, but my heart is open. My spirit is open to whatever you want to speak to me on. So I just let it go. But I have that set aside, opening up myself if the Lord wants to speak. And instantly the Lord showed me, this time it was through a picture. And in this picture, I saw divisions in the church. I saw this church building representing the body of Christ in a building, right? The building is not the body of Christ. We are. But it was the, in, the, in this vision, it was represented as a building. And this building was beginning to get that split that were coming from all different sides of it. And it was coming from uh, this one room. And, 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 it, and from this room, splits were going up, and, the, and the, this building made of stone was crumbling. And so I, I asked the Lord, what is this that you're showing me? What is the word of knowledge? What is this? And then he began to share with me, this is what this person is doing. They're, they're speaking, they're preaching division in the church. And it's, to, it's meant to divide this fellowship. So I went before him and I asked him, Lord, how do I handle this? What do you want me to do? Now I'm looking for the word of wisdom. I'm looking for the mind of God on the course of action, the Lord's will from the throne room to be carried out on the earth as his ambassador, as a member of the body of Christ. Lord, what is your marching orders? What is the word of wisdom that you have for this hour? And then he began showing me, here's how you're to pray. So I began praying. Then the Lord says, here is what you are to do. And he began showing me, I need to address this I need to call a meeting with the fellowship, with the elders, with the body of Christ, and I need to address it. He gave me very specific course of actions laid out in love, in truth, and in the word of how to openly share what was going on. That was that specific course of action. Many, many, many times when we get information, guys, when we know something, whether it's through a dream or just a, a perceiving um, a, a physical word, sometimes we see people will see a word above someone, Many, many, many times, the information that's given, right, we're not going to share it. So it's just we're, we're being entrusted, we're, we're stewarding kingdom information to minister or to warfare or to march or to do whatever is on the Lord's heart. Jesus says, I only do what I see, not what I hear, what I see my Father doing in heaven. As we see things, as the Holy Spirit shows us, as we perceive things, we wait to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do here? Um, And once he tells us what to do, we step out. Sometimes it's stepping out in prayer. Sometimes it's stepping out through um, confrontation, biblical confrontation, which is the spirit of reconciliation, right? (laughs) Confrontation, we think bucking heads. Confrontation in the kingdom to bring reconciliation to God's creation. The only one we're not reconciled through, again, is our one enemy, Satan. All other confrontation is to divide Satan's kingdom from God's kingdom in order to reconcile God's children back to himself, back to each other. That is the scriptural purpose of confrontation, okay, is reconciliation, 
I know that flies in the face of of a lot of indoctrination, but it's the word of God. I didn't I didn't make it up. Scriptures say, "Know ye not that it is the goodness of God that brings people to repentance." When we come to someone, when Jesus came to someone that was in sin, was hurting, was lost, how did they? How did He minister to them? What was it? What was behind it? It was always reconciliation. Even if you look at the Pharisees, right? Nicodemus was a Pharisee. When Nicodemus' heart was open and he went to Jesus alone because he was too afraid to do it during the day, Jesus didn't send him away and scorn him and said, "Hey, you're with a bunch of these people during the day. You don't want to. You know, I don't have time for you." It's always to reconcile, guys. So recapping, one, we never assume. It's how we flow in the word of wisdom. We never assume. We wait on the Lord. We step out. And the fourth part is going to be we never overlay. Okay, we, we, we never overlay. Um, when we feel impressions from the Lord starting to rise within us, we step out and we share one of the greatest dangers if we feel that the Lord has given us a course of action. One of the greatest dangers is mingling the Holy Spirit with our own convictions, doctrines, beliefs, wounds, or feelings. We never mingle the spirit realm with the five senses of our realm. They're meant to come under and flow as an expression of that, but we never mingle it. We never give weight to our soul. Our soul is a servant. Our body is a slave. Our spirit, man. That is in communion with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside us. Us is our spirit, man. So as we do this, we have to make sure as we're, as we're stepping out, even through prayer, right? Stepping out, right? remember, his course of action, word of wisdom is, is divine direction from God's throne room. Prayer is direction. Confrontation is direction. Word of encouragement is direction. Word of correction is direction by the leading of the Lord. Okay, this is now, again, talking about when we're given a word of knowledge, we're given hidden insight, what is the next step? Whatever the next step is, we never pass it through our own convictions, doctrines, beliefs, wounds, or feelings. This is especially true, and we're going to be talking in the following study, the following broadcast on prophecy. Um, this is especially true with prophetic words. It's one of the greatest travesties going in the body of Christ in this hour is that the prophetic function, the prophetic office, the, the area of those that serve prophetically are not moving by word of wisdom, um, just moving by, there's just sharing prophetic words without getting the mind of God in the situation. Guys, that is just so, it's more than dangerous. It's an abuse of authority. It's an abuse of, of what we have been stewarded with. Um, we'll get into more of that next week. But um, here's an example. Okay, give me examples. I just felt impressed to give lots of examples of my own life this time to help flesh things out. Uh, there was someone I knew in the community um, where I was living um, uh, many years ago. And... Um, as this person, uh, I knew I knew this person, and this person one day came up to me and they said, "Hey, I want to share with you an experience I had, a dream that I had." And I said, "Why don't you share with me this dream?" As they're sharing the dream, now this person was not a, a, a Christian, was was not a Christian at all, um, was an atheist. Uh, 
claimed to be an atheist. As they were sharing with me the dream, the Lord began speaking to me, you're talking to a warlock, literal warlock. You're talking to someone who is actively engaged in the demonic, calls upon demons, seizes upon demons. He's exercising great um, spiritual darkness over this community. And so as he's sharing this with me, as the Lord is giving me this revelation, um, giving me this word of knowledge, my first instinct was to immediately stop and begin addressing and rebuking and binding him up and calling him out publicly, right? That's my natural inclination. That was my overlay. My convictions, my own doctrines, my own past teachings, my upbringing, um, my, my feelings, my soul was rising up within me, and I was very close to taking that word of knowledge, which I was being entrusted to, to steward. Now, this is a person who had great sway over a community of many people. God was entrusting to me an assignment, and I almost blew the assignment because I almost just spoke out of my soul what I wanted to do. And the Lord says, David, you keep your mouth shut and you listen. And as you listen, I'm going to give you more information. And as he speaks, he will reveal to you information that's going on. Keep your mouth closed. So I sat there and I tried my best that I could to look dumb. Which <laughs> isn't very hard sometimes. <laughs> so... So he's, he's speaking to me, speaking to me, and then as he was done with this dialogue, he's done sharing with me what he's willing to share. Went back before the Lord. Um, I, 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 I spent the rest of the day just in prayer. And then the Lord um, spoke to me that night. Um, he, a lot of times the Lord speaks to me through dreams. And that night he spoke to me, sat down with me in the dream, and he, he laid out all the blueprints. He showed me all things of, of the community that were going on, all these seemingly unrelated things that were taking place. Um, if any of you Sherlock Holmes fans, it reminds me of the story of Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes. And Moriarty was this, this villain that was involved behind all these seemingly unrelated acts of violence. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a Holmes fan. He began showing me all these different things that are manifesting in the, commun- in the community. All the strife, the anger, the violence, the hatred were all stemming from this warlock. And he says, here's what you're going to do. And he laid out on me a table, the blueprints and the plans of what to take place. And I was given process of word of knowledge, course of action, word of wisdom. Word of knowledge, course of action, word of wisdom. Over the course of two years, I engaged this earthly principality until I got the breakthrough. Now, I don't know how many people were were delivered or were set free in the community, um, whether Christians or non-Christians. I know it was a huge impact. I know of at least two church fellowships that were broken up as a result um, during the, the, the time that this was in there before this assignment was broken. Now, the Lord would have been faithful. He would have raised up someone else, but I would have missed the opportunity to really engage the Lord's will in heaven on behalf on the earth if I had spoken out of turn and not been delivered before the Lord. And this point is very important for me to remember. That warlock 
is lost. That person needed salvation. The person is not the enemy. The enemy was the demons that I was binding and whooping up on during those two years. It's not that person. Okay? People are not the enemy, guys. The body of Christ, the lost, are not the enemy. The demons are the enemy. Okay. The reason why we don't flow, finishing up here, guys, the reason why we don't flow more in the ways the Holy Spirit wants to move to us is is because he can't trust us. There's no condemnation in that. There's no shame. He's not angry with us. He simply can't trust us. He longs to trust us. He longs to speak to us. He, he wants to share with us. He wants us to grow up to full statue of the image of Jesus Christ. Right? The scriptures are filled with examples of whose faithful over little will be given much. Parable of the, of the servants and the talents. It's in there. As we are faithful to the little things he gives us, and as we walk by the mind of Christ, meaning we recognize this isn't so that other people can think we're spiritual. This isn't so other people can respect us. It's not about feeding our self-worth. Our self-worth comes from the accomplished work of the cross. It's done. We're forever holy, fully pleasing, fully loved. So we need to get off that, that rat race, that lie. That's the carnal mind of man. That's the satanic mindset that... Adam and Eve accepted as their own mindset the moment they believed Satan's lies. We have been delivered from that. Jeremiah 30, 31, 33, I think 31, says we have been given, he will give you, I will give you a new heart and a new mind. And Hebrews goes on to say we have been given the mind of Christ. We must draw to the Holy Spirit speaking to us and not the lies of the world about our identity. And as we choose to do that moment by moment, which is work in the beginning, but please trust me, it gets easier. It gets easier until it's just a natural way of life. It's just a natural spiritual walk. Normal Christianity is communing openly in the spirit realm, looking like Jesus the more that we grow up into the full statue of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.18 that's our that's what we're called to, so it shouldn't be a surprise that we grow into that. We're called to that. And Ephesians four says the, the equipping of the saints so that you all grow up into the full stature of Jesus Christ. That those aren't just pleasant words. We're called to mimic Christ. We're called to intimacy. We're called to He wants fellowship with us. He wants us. It's not about works to feed our own ego or, or fractured self-worth. That's just the opposite. As we embrace that we are loved and complete and we begin drawing to that, meditating upon that, quoting those scriptures out lies, begin calling the lies for what they are, for lies, begin recognizing the people that said that we are unworthy, that we're shameful, that we're stupid, those, that's not God. That is not who you are. But that's a choice, James 1 says. If we're going to walk by the mind of God or we're going to walk by the mind of the devil. We've been given the mind of Christ, it's a choice. As we enter into his rest, begin to embrace and accept his love for us, the Holy Spirit is able to commune with us more and more intimately. He desires to share with us things, to be faithful stewards, to go back before the Lord, and then to get direction. 
And so many times that will be over our own lives. They'll give you a word of knowledge about yourself, something you didn't know before, and suddenly you got a revelation. That's, well, that's word of knowledge. He's speaking to you about something that's hidden even to yourself. Then you say, okay, Lord, what do I do with that? He gives you course of action. It's a word of wisdom. So anyway, in summary, word of wisdom is hidden direction revealed. Word of knowledge is hidden information revealed. Word of wisdom is hidden direction revealed. It is not the same as walking by uh, the, the, the wisdom found in scriptures. Okay, it's not it's not natural wisdom or even um, so let's say scriptural wisdom. Although it won't contradict it, it's a it is a divine rhema spoken word spoken to our spirit for a specific period of time to give a specific direction for a course of action. How do we flow with it? One, we never assume, meaning we do not pass it through our natural thinking. It's okay to mull it over, but our position of our soul must be that we're just, we're thinking on it, we're making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit, we're yielding, we're not grasping for things, we're just throwing them out there, and we're allowing ourselves, we don't assume, we go into the next step, we wait on the Lord, we wait and we just allow him to speak to us if he wants to speak to us. Many times in a fellowship, one person will have will get a word. The other person has the understanding. It is, it's the way it is uh, um, many times, and, and it is designed to be a blessing to one another. A lot of times that's deliberate. Number three is we step out. And number four, and stepping out many times means stepping out in prayer doesn't mean necessarily addressing that person that you're getting that information about. It's stepping out in prayer. Um, we just have to be willing to not be so quick to speak. Um, again, we'll get more into this and to prophecy next week, but there are many there, there are many in the body of Christ the Lord is attempting to share his mind, his heart for this season. But if we cannot get out of our natural thinking, he can only partner with us so much. It's an absolute travesty that these coming elections and the things that go on in the natural realm, the scriptures say a soldier never gets involved in civilian affairs. We are soldiers. We are of a heavenly kingdom. We have absolutely no business passing anything through our natural understanding. None. In all things, we have to seek the Lord's heart and his mind. And he says he uses the, the foolish to confound the wise. He uses the lowly and the despised. One of the reasons, guys, why he does this is to help break through our carnal thinking. He does things in such a way. How many times we always say, well, God always does things in a way that we don't expect it. That's because we're thinking not from the mind of Christ. The more that we're thinking in the mind of Christ, he does what we think we're going to do because we're thinking with him. We're perceiving his thoughts. We're feeling his thoughts. And he's, he's always, when he's trying to get us to the next level, he's doing things in a way that we don't expect to get us to step back and learn to come before his throne room for direction, for wisdom, for understanding. And he's doing that in the United States in this hour. And we as the body of Christ, we, it's not even like um, called to think on his mind. We are not called to pass anything through our own understanding. 
and um, we'll cover more of that, you know, in the next broadcast under under prophecy and prophetic words and why why there's such a mess and a compromise in the body of Christ. It's, it's a travesty. It's one of the most well, they're all, all the giftings are blessing, but a true prophetic, the prophetic office and those called to serve prophetically is such a beautiful, wonderful gift in the body of Christ that has been so trampled and abused um, and left us blind um, because we have encountered the cost and because we, we have abused and not been good stewards to what the Lord is attempting to do. But we'll talk more about that. And he's changing that. And he is so faithful and loving and he never condemns. Um, he is calling the body of Christ here in America to walk in the full statue of Jesus Christ. He is calling us to Ephesians 4.11. The word for this hour, this season, in the body of Christ. And one of the ways he's going to be doing that is he's going to be doing things in this country that are going to shake the very foundations of this nation and the body of Christ to its core. It's already begun. It's already been going on this entire year. It started well before this year. But it's coming to a culmination. And it won't make sense to the body of Christ if one does not have those that are mature elders, I mean by title, I mean by function, that are sharing the things, properly stewarding what God is telling them to share. And two, is the body of Christ, if we're not for ourselves seeking confirmation in our own spirit, we have no business arguing in the body of Christ, arguing with non-believers about things that are of the kingdom which the natural mind cannot perceive. And um, I know that's a challenging word. Again, there's no condemnation in it. We all have a part to play, and, um, and, and unfortunately, well, that's not unfortunately. It's just one of the things that, that, um, that I know that I'm called to encourage people with is to see things from God's perspective on all things, um, myself included. I, I've stuck my foot in my mouth more times than I could even remember. Uh, I'm quite, quite well acquainted with what my foot tastes like. Um, anyway, so how do we, we flow with it? We never assume. We wait on the Lord about, and we never overlay. We never add or take away from it. We never pass through our emotions, our understanding, our beliefs, our doctrines. We speak purely what God's word says. So that's word of wisdom, um, and I, I hope that, that gives some more insight and clarity. It is not meant to be difficult, God. It, guys, it is, um, it is a natural outflow of our communion with him and as we develop that um, it will naturally flow next week we're going to talk about um, next broadcast in two weeks we'll talk about uh, prophecy word of prophecy and how that flows and how word of wisdom is often the bridge between prophecy things the lord wants to come to pass and word of knowledge the current state of where someone is and the word of wisdom is the bridge to help get them to fulfilling the prophetic um, word of the Lord for that person or that group or that nation or whatever it is. So that'll be fun. I look forward to that. Um, Dorothy, before we, we get off, uh, any anything in the chat? Any Anyone have any questions or anyone to hold on the phone? No, no questions. Okay. All right, well, then I'll sign off. Dorothy, how about you? Did you have anything you wanted to share, any input or feedback? You're always so faithful there and out of sight. Is there anything that you wanted to share? Um, the only thing I wanted to share is sometimes it's a long time before you get confirmation when you're given a word of knowledge. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's not always instant in, in our time frame. So, 
you know, it, and you explained it so well. I have tried to explain it to people, and they just get more confused. So, well, I can relate to that sometimes. I open my mouth, and and I realize I shouldn't have <laughs> trying to explain something. <laughs> so I can relate. You're not the only one, Dorothy. Um, but yes, that's a great uh, point to leave on, and a reminder is patience, guys. The Lord is never wait. It is never late. Um. And usually if we feel pressure, it's because we're, tr- we're that experience, that revelation, that insight, um, there's usually going to be a mingling in there. We want to, we feel an urge or a compulsion because usually somewhere where we want to use it to feed our own self-worth. Typically that's something that's involved. Or it's fear, fear of the unknown. We're not resting or trusting God. So if you feel an anxiety over not understanding, go back to the mind of Christ. Go back to his word. He will never leave us or forsake us. He's never late to the party. Um, And our self-worth has nothing to do with what others think about us or what we do or don't do or what we're called to or our gifts or our callings or our place of ministry in the body of Christ has nothing to do with our self-worth. I can't add to it, can't take away from it. So if we go back to those basics, which is really righteousness, uh, Hebrews 5.12, understanding righteousness, um, it will alleviate that. And that usually will posture ourselves properly now to be able to get that word of clarity at the right time. But, yeah, if you have to wait on it, there's times when the Lord has shared, um, you know, we'll we'll get off into, again, prophecy uh, in the next broadcast but the Lord has given me words, uh, prophetic words, where he didn't give me the full interpretation of the things to come for years. I mean, years. Yeah. I, I, would, I mean, literally years. Um, there are some things going on in the nation now that the Lord spoke to me about 10 and 20 years ago. And I'm going through, you know, my notes back from my early 20s, my mid-20s, my late 20s. And the Lord is saying, okay, I'm gonna now. Now I'm going to begin explaining to you what I spoke to you about this prophetic word here. Um, so, so, um, and that's not that typically does not work with a word of knowledge that long, um, but it does require just trust in the Lord and resting. When we get talking more about prophecy next week, that that gears kind of shift a little bit, time frames. It's a kind of a different ball of wax, but the same principle. We just rest. We just trust Him. And we guard to make sure we are not looking to try to add to worth. We are not going back to the garden where Adam and Eve fell. We're walking in the fullness of the righteousness of Christ. So thank you for that, Dorothy. That's a great reminder and a good point to to, to emphasize and end on. Um, so everyone, thank you again for joining us. We ran a little bit longer this week uh, than I normally do. I'm going to try to be keeping these to an hour, but I wanted to give lots of, of um, examples from my own walk and my own mistakes and things like that um, because I think it's important to help frame that picture to, to, for you guys to embrace it. So, um, you know, begin meditating on that. Begin asking the Lord to speak to you about things. Begin making yourself available to the Holy Spirit, and he will. He absolutely will. It is not for elite. It is not for certain people. It is an expression of intimacy and communion. Um, so have the courage and dare to just believe that he wants to speak to you. He does. He loves you. He loves you intensely. He wants to share with you hidden things. Um, so anyway, God bless all you guys. Uh, have a great week weekend. 
And um, Dorothy, I will hook up with you, I'm sure, during the week. But um, I will see you guys back here in two weeks, and, and we'll carry on the next part of the series of Word of Prophecy. So, Dorothy, you have a good night, and I will talk to you soon. Same to you, David. Father bless. Father bless you. Thank you, Dorothy, as always. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.